0: Step on up, sit down, twist off that bottle top or crack open that can, and welcome to Porch Matters. This is Terry Cagle coming to you from my back porch. Yes sir, yes ma'am, the name of this show is Authentic. On Porch Matters, our saying is this, big issues or just a friendly conversation, no topic is off limits. We take pride in being able to talk about anything with each other in an open discussion. Open discussion is one of the only ways to learn. Your perspective could be changed. You could change the perspective of others. Friends and family, welcome to another episode of Porch Matters. I'm glad you're here. Hope everyone has had a good couple of weeks. Hope everyone had a fantastic Easter weekend. I drove up to Haleville and spent time with Stacy and her family for a little bit. Then drove home and spent time with my family at my cousin Derek's house. This past Friday, I drove up to Frederick's Outdoors in Decatur, Alabama with my mother and ended up the proud owner of a bad boy lawnmower. Folks there are great to deal with, and if you're looking for a good lawnmower, tractor, or boat, go and say hey. Sticking with the story of my weekend... Porch Matters Food Review this weekend is the Branding Iron Steakhouse in West Point, Alabama. I've been going to this restaurant for several years now. Had a couple of family Christmas dinners up there. Took Stacy up there on a date once. Staff is always nice and friendly. I have never had anything off of this menu that didn't taste great. They used to have a fantastic salad bar, but they had to do away with it after COVID. Salad is still really good, though. This time, Mom ordered the Delmonico, which is a 10-ounce ribeye with a baked potato and a salad. I had the 18-ounce ribeye and fries. Another favorite of mine up there is the Brines fries, which are fries smothered with blackened chicken, bacon, and melted cheese. Brandon Iron is absolutely hashtag Fatboy approved. It's right there off of uh, 157 in West Point. When you get to the Jacks, Coming from Coleman, hang a left, and it's right down there on the right. Saturday, I unloaded the new lawnmower and cut some grass. Going from a lawn tractor with a steering wheel to a zero turn driving with sticks is a huge change. I got a kick out of my mother driving it in the backyard. After I got a little bit more used to it, I guess I got a little cocky. I didn't turn it just right and almost flipped it in a ditch. But everything's all good. I actually got some sunburn on my legs from running the mower. Maybe I won't blind anyone when I wear shorts after this summer. (laughs) Last episode, I asked, would you rather work more hours per day but less days at work or work less hours per day but more days at work? In the Facebook group, Janice Kegel, which is my mother, more hours per day, but less days. That's what she said. Terry Sisko says more hours, less days for sure. Nate Kapelman says more hours per day as long as my days off are together. Daryl Cagle says more hours per day. Less days equals more family time. I agree with that. Over on Twitter, Z1Pod says more hours per day. I do a lot of heavy projects that often spill over. So if I can get them done in one long day and free up more time later, then it's a win-win. And at totally bust says work, work more hours per day and less days. Better have completely free days to do the stuff you want to do than do them around a work shift. On Instagram at Hiller Custom Woodline says, More hours a day, less days. My girlfriend Stacy Fusen says, This one is easy. More hours, less days. Krista Cherie says, More hours, less days. Snorlax KCCO says, More hours a day. Christina Keig says, More hours, less days for sure. And... W.5062 says more hours, less days. Guys, I really do appreciate all of you making the time to comment on that. That made me really happy to see all of those comments. I just want to let you know that. Please keep them coming. Because this week, my question to you is this. Would you rather eat fast food burgers every night? Or eat chinese takeout every night me personally i am not a big fan of chinese takeout matter of fact it's one of my least favorite meals because 30 minutes after i get full i'm hungry again so i am going with cheeseburgers what say you please go to the facebook page facebook group instagram or twitter and comment your answer next week i'll read your comment on the show On this episode, Marty Shelper makes her long-awaited return back to the porch to give us an update on what she and the Alabama Cannabis Coalition have been doing lately. Without further ado, let's get started. Marty Shelper, Alabama Cannabis Coalition, welcome back to the porch, ma'am. It has been way too long.
1: It has, Terry. Has it been eight or nine months?
0: It's been a minute, that's for sure. How's life been treating you?
1: Pretty good. Just, you know, busy and the uh, legislative session here in the state of Alabama. The last day is going to be on Tuesday, April 26th. So, um. Uh, the legislative session has kind of been a bust as far as cannabis advocacy is concerned. How so? Well, you know, they're they're implementing the medical legislation right now, but Bobby Singleton, Senator Bobby Singleton, did sponsor the decriminalization legislation again that he had sponsored in the 2021 legislative session. And um, it didn't go anywhere in this session either. So that's been kind of disappointing, Um, but there's a lot of stuff that's going on related to cannabis in the state, just not within the Alabama legislature. Some really exciting stuff that I cannot wait to talk to you about.
0: I'm all ears if you're able to talk about it now.
1: Well, I definitely am. Uh, You know, we have a, uh, we're in an election cycle, so this is a big election year. And uh, the primary in the state of Alabama is going to be on Tuesday, May the 24th of 2022. And that's fast approaching. That's less than a month away. Yes, ma'am. And um, we do have some candidates. The Alabama Cannabis Coalition has uh, officially endorsed and sponsored some candidates, uh, some libertarian candidates, uh, two Republican candidates, and one Democratic candidate. And uh, the one that I think that I'm probably the most excited about is Dave Thomas, who is the mayor of Springville, Alabama. And on January the 5th of 2022, uh, there was an article that came across my radar online that he was going to be running for governor of the state of Alabama and that he was the uh, pot candidate. And as soon as I saw that, I went online, I started researching, trying to find out how I could reach out to him, uh, wrote uh, an endorsement stating that the Alabama Cannabis Coalition wholeheartedly endorsed his candidacy for the governor of the state of Alabama. And as soon as I got an email address and emailed him, he called me, he wanted to talk to me. He was very open. Uh, You know, he was excited that, you know, he had gotten that attention from a cannabis advocacy group. So we are within our social media platform. We're sharing his campaign. And like I say, you know, May the 24th is going to be here before we know it. So we're just hoping and praying that he can at least get through the May 24th primary to a runoff. But Dave Thomas is the real deal. If there is anybody out there that questions whether he's the real deal or not, Dave Thomas fully supports the mission and goals of the Alabama Cannabis Coalition, which are the rights to the citizens of the state of Alabama to have the right to home grow, expungement of cannabis convictions in the state of Alabama, decriminalization and legalization of cannabis in the state of Alabama. He's a a true believer in liberty and freedom, and uh, he also supports ending the uh, income tax, the state income tax here in the state of Alabama. He wants to end the grocery tax here in the state of Alabama. Uh, I've also heard him mention property tax, and I'm not well-versed on that, and I can't go into detail about that, but he definitely believes in smaller government, more freedom and smaller government. So uh, his name, again, is Dave Thomas, and he'll be on the Republican ballot on May the 24th of 2022. So make sure you're registered to vote, number one. So uh, we're really excited. Uh, I've spent a couple of in-person, I've had a couple of in-person opportunities with him. Uh, uh, And when I say that he's the real deal, I mean, I can say that because I've spent that time, that one-on-one time with him i sat in on a couple of interviews that I helped, you know, get set up for him. And uh, he's he's just amazing. I mean, he's really amazing. I, oh. I hear cannabis advocates say all the time, you know, we we need to get rid of the politicians that are in office, and we need to vote politicians in that support our mission and our goals. And if the citizens of the state of Alabama, we've got to get the word out there. But if they don't vote for Dave Thomas, They've missed an opportunity of a lifetime here in the state of Alabama to have him as governor.
0: I agree wholeheartedly. You know, you, you told me about Dave Thomas, and he finally reached back out to me, and I was able to have at least a two-hour conversation with him uh, in one of our prior, prior episodes. Fantastic guy. Very glad to have met him, and he's got my full support.
1: And I can't remember what part of Alabama that you're in, Terry, <laughs> but there's another candidate that's out there that's running as a Republican. His name is Eric Red, R E D D, Eric Red. And he's running for the sheriff of a limestone county.
0: Limestone and, County uh, is north of me, I do believe. I, okay. I, where, where and I, he
1: is, um, uh,
0: where i live i'm right around jasper i'm right around jasper i'm over in walker county just northeast of uh birmingham or northwest excuse me i get my east and west mixed up from time to time because i work east but i drive but i live west you know what i mean (laughs)
1: okay i got you i got you well eric is uh i spoke to him on the phone one night we were playing phone tag and messenger tag and email tag and finally one night about seven o'clock six or seven o'clock on a Sunday night I think it was I may be wrong on the day of the week my days I run into each other but we finally made contact and I said are you available right now and he said yes Terry we spoke for three hours
0: Wow. The
1: man never stopped talking about his belief in the, the freedom of the citizens of the state of Alabama. You know, just like with Dave Thomas, Dave Thomas talks about the motto of the state of Alabama, we dare defend our rights. <clears throat> and Eric Red is, I mean, he is almost a carbon copy of Dave Thomas. And I've been trying to get the two of those, two of them hooked up because they're kind of in the same geographic area. And I think they could work really, really well together. So I'm still holding out hope that they're going to get to meet. And uh, But Eric Red is running for sheriff of Limestone County. Now, that's a big deal for a candidate, for sheriff to come out and say that he supports uh, the citizens' right to home grow, expungement, decriminalization, legalization. <clears throat> but that is one of the things that he is running on for his campaign.
0: Yeah, it's a very big, it's a very big deal because that cuts in on his money.
1: Right, exactly.
0: I say that out loud, excuse me.
1: Yes, you certainly did, but it's the absolute (laughs) truth.
0: It is. It's very much the truth.
1: You can't, you can't, you can't get the support of the Republican party. And if you're running on the platform that Eric, red and dave thomas are running on you're running a grassroots campaign i know a lot of people have asked me uh cannabis advocates you know they wanted dave thomas campaign signs you know for their yard and i said well have you donated to his campaign because he's grassroots and he doesn't have anybody that's donating to the campaign to pay for campaign signs and the things that you know candidates need to put their name forward, you know, in the general public. So we're relying on people like Terry Cagle at Porch Matters, uh, Tom Hubbard with Regional Prime TV, whom I would love for you to meet him sometime, Terry. Tom is a great guy. But we're relying on uh, alternative media, social media platforms to get the word out about these candidates.
0: Well that was one thing that I I have stressed before and I'll stress again. You know, it doesn't matter if you live in Alabama or Rhode Island or Maine or Washington state, Alaska, wherever it is that you live. Your federal politics for whatever reason always ends up getting the most attention. But where your vote counts the most is on the local level and people always tend to ignore that. I want to try and flip that as much as possible because it don't matter what your income level, how much political influence you have, whatever the person living in the shack right here has just his vote counts just as much as this person living in a mansion, two or three houses down. It don't matter what your income level is or anything. All it matters is, is what you go in and vote for. And that's one thing that I want to stress.
1: Well, I'm a true southerner, and I I believe in states' rights, and I found out last fall, fall of 2021, and this was so uh, depressing for me when I realized this, that most citizens, now I, I'm sure this probably bleeds over to every state, but The majority of the citizens in the state of Alabama, I found out, didn't even realize that we have a state constitution in every every state in the union. And they didn't realize that we have a legislative, judicial, and executive branch of government in each individual state because people are so focused, especially in uh, rural states like this where you don't get news coverage, like if you don't have cable You don't really know unless you see it in print or you see it on social media what's actually going on with your state government. So the things that people do see on TV are the things, you know, from NBC News or CBS News or ABC News, you know, about what's going on in Washington. But what really counts is what's going on in your county, what's going on in your city, and what's going on in your state.
0: I just spent the last...
1: People need to get registered to vote.
0: I just spent the last 30 seconds or whatever with a look on my face when my jaw dropped. The, the screen didn't freeze. I promise you that. That that what you just said right there is a dead gum travesty, and I'm just going to say it plain. That is a failure of the parents and the household. That's a failure of the teachers in the in the school systems and the curriculum that was put forth. I love my teachers. I love my I love everybody that's trying doing their best to raise a family, but I'm gonna call that like I see it. If you don't, if the kids growing up in school are not taught this stuff by either the mom and dad or the schools, what are we doing? What are we doing?
1: We're we're brainwashing our most valuable asset, which are our children. And public schools are nothing but government indoctrination centers. They don't teach children civics. They really and truly do not teach children civics. And when I found out that the majority of the cannabis advocates that I was trying to work with did not recognize, you know, that we have a state constitution that's just as important to the citizens of the state of Alabama as the U.S. Constitution. And that we have our own governing body here because every time something happens at the Washington level related to cannabis, because that's my wheelhouse, people get so excited and they start posting links. Oh, uh, the Moore Act just passed the uh, House in Washington. You know, everybody got so excited about something passed, you know, at the federal level. Well, what they don't realize is this MORE Act has been passed multiple times via the Congress, passed on to the Senate, and it dies in the Senate, and I tell people every time they get excited about it, you know, watching legislation proceed through the legislative process in Washington, D.C. is about as fun as watching paint dry. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not going, it's not going anywhere,
0: sure. you know? And then then on top of that, even if it passes through the representatives and the Senate, it can be vetoed by a president.
1: Right, exactly. And we know that the president that we have now has said that he was going to do something about the banking situation, that he was going to do something about (laughs) legalization of cannabis. And he's done diddly squat. Let's go, Brandon.
0: (laughs) He can't do. He has to focus too hard on making sure he don't mess his diaper up.
1: <laughs> hey, he's hopeless. I mean, he's just oh. absolutely hopeless. But now we do. We do have um, a candidate here in the state of Alabama. His name is—he's uh, Alabama House Rep Neil Rafferty, R-A-F-F-E-R-T-Y. I spoke with him this past Friday morning which was um, April the 22nd, Friday, April the 22nd. to him on the phone for about an hour. I was actually driving to Atlanta and he, I had reached out to him probably about four to six weeks ago and just due to his schedule, you know, the legislative session going on, my schedule, uh, we just could not, I mean, we exchanged some emails. We just could not make contact. So on Friday morning, The twenty second, I had sent out um, an email to Mayor Randall Woodfin of Birmingham, and I'll go into some detail about that. But I'm going to go ahead and just share this. And I mentioned Neil Rafferty's name in that email to Mayor Woodfin. And anytime I email somebody and I reference somebody else, I always copy that person because I want that person to know that they're, you know, they're being discussed. And I, I let Mayor Woodfin know, you know, that uh, Representative Rafferty and I had been trying to make contact to discuss decriminalization in the state of Alabama. And uh, so I did, I still had not heard back from Mayor Woodfin, but I did hear back from Representative Rafferty. And we had a very robust conversation about decriminalization. Uh, I asked him if he was interested in the endorsement. Uh, from the Alabama Cannabis Coalition for the primary that's coming up on May the 24th and he wanted to know exactly what that entailed and I explained that to him that we were a grassroots organization and there would not be any financial support but we would share you know his position that he supports decriminalization with our members in the Alabama Cannabis Coalition and that we wholeheartedly were going to endorse him which he accepted that endorsement and um I was, uh, when I was driving to Atlanta, he asked me, he said, are you associated with RAMP, which is another cannabis, uh, national cannabis group called Republicans Against Marijuana Prohibition. And I said, I am associated with RAMP. Now, remember, Neil Rafferty is a Democrat. And I said, I am the founder and the president of the Alabama chapter of Republicans Against Marijuana Prohibition. And he said, well, I wonder if that's going to be a problem for me being endorsed by RAMP. And I said, well, RAMP's not going to be endorsing you. The Alabama Cannabis Coalition is. And both organizations are nonpartisan. And if we don't get away from thinking that cannabis advocacy is a partisan issue, because it's not a partisan issue. People from all walks of life, Feel the way that we feel, but it seems like that people of the libertarian side and the Democrat side seem to feel more confident to be able to discuss it while Republicans stay in a proverbial closet about it. So I was really excited to finally talk to him about that. And I don't know if you want to touch on that. If you do, I'll pause.
0: Go right ahead. Okay. I, uh, well. I, def- I definitely believe that it's not a partisan issue whatsoever. And the I agree wholeheartedly with you, the fact that people are trying to draw political lines about every single issue, not just this one. But it's all, everything's got to be one side or another. No, just like I've said numerous times on this show that I heard from Michael Savage, A bird flying has to have a left wing and a right wing to fly straight. We've got to come together. It doesn't matter if you're a Democrat, Republican, libertarian, independent, whatever it is, we can all agree on a bunch of very large issues. We all want to be able to make as much money as we possibly can. We all want to be able to afford a house for our families We all want to have the best education possible for our kids. We all want to have the best health care possible at an affordable rate. All of these things we all want to do. We We can agree to disagree or have discussions to come to some kind of a compromise on some of the smaller stuff. We all want basically the same things. Let's get over this bull crap about this side versus that side. We can't go with this side because that might mean they'll win. No, that means your citizens are winning. And if you don't do it, your citizens are suffering.
1: And we all want to be able to afford to feed our families. Yes. You know, and when Dave Thomas said that he wanted to remove the grocery tax in the state of Alabama, I was like, who would not want to remove the grocery tax?
0: I didn't even know know we had a a grocery I didn't even know we had a grocery tax oh, yeah. until I talked to you.
1: It's like eight or nine. It's like eight or nine percent. And I live near the Georgia line, and I've started, <clears throat> I've started shopping in Georgia on the way home when I would go to Atlanta. Come home, I've started shopping over there to avoid the tax. It's insane. But what really, what's really bringing all of this to a head? When I said that I had some really exciting news about what's going on in the state of Alabama is April 20th was National Cannabis Day, and uh, it's celebrated around the world, and it started in 1971. There was a group of four or five uh, teenagers that were in high school in California, and every day when school would let out at 420, they would meet under a tree near the school, and they would all get stoned at the end of the day, and it would be 420 in the afternoon that they would do this. So 420 became a national cannabis holiday in 1971. So last Wednesday was 420. And there were a couple of cannabis uh, events in the state of Alabama. Uh, Alabama, I mean, Alabama Cannabis Coalition did not have an event this year, but there was one in Mobile and there was one uh, in Huntsville. And we were not participants in those. So on April the 20th of 2021, a year ago, we did host the first ever 420 event in the state of Alabama in Huntsville. And we had guest speakers there. And we've got a lot of uh, media coverage, TV coverage, a lot of print coverage from AL.com, Y'all Hammer News, et cetera. So this year, oh, and also on 420, 2021, Chris England, who's a house rep, and he's also the chairman of the Alabama Democrats, last year he came out and said that the Alabama Democratic Party was going to start supporting legalize Alabama. They wanted, they wanted to decriminalize and they wanted to legalize cannabis in the state of Alabama. Now that was a year ago. Okay. So I reached out to him, I've been reaching out to him for over a year and still have not been able to make contact with him, but they're his second in command at the Alabama Democratic Party, and I apologize, I can't remember his name. He did finally make contact with me and asked me to quit contacting Chris England. Why was it so necessary that I talked to him? And the reason that I wanted to talk to him is because we have a cannabis advocacy group here in the state of Alabama. That supports this position that the Alabama Democrats are supporting. And we wanted to show solidarity with them. We were in support of what the Alabama Democrats were wanting to do because we cannot get anybody in the Republican Party to even respond to us. So this year, this year, they have launched, the Alabama Democrats have launched a website and it's called Free Weed al.com dot com, F R E E W E E D A L dot com. Okay, so it's caught the attention of the news media, and Chairman uh, England says they they asked him, you know, what the deal was, and he says criminalizing cannabis doesn't make people safer criminalizing cannabis doesn't make people safer criminalizing cannabis actually brings in the criminal element prohibition brings in the criminal element because when some when your citizens want access to, to something there's going to be a criminal element out there that's going to provide them with that can you imagine if they prohibited tobacco in the united states and I didn't know how
0: many while... people
1: smoke cigarettes Oh, yeah, yeah, and they would be hauled in here, and then that's where the crime comes from. I'm with you. I see you chewing. Okay, but now get this. So the Democrats have come forward with freeweedalabama.com, which I totally support. The state of Alabama may end up going blue. May not be this year, but if Republicans don't get off of their cans and start working jointly with everybody in the state of Alabama, that the state's going to go blue but chairman john wall the alabama GOP has a new chairman john wall w a h l this is what he said this is just a stunt from the democratic party free weed alabama legalize alabama is a stunt from the alabama democrats So I just saw that today. So he's going to be getting an email from me because I've reached out to him too and haven't heard back from him. So we've got to come together on this. I don't know what it's going to take to bring people together, but the conversation that I had with Neil Rafferty, who's a Democrat, uh, who's a House rep, was very, very encouraging to me. But there's also a movement that's afoot This really got me excited because on four twenty of 2021, one year ago, remember I mentioned Birmingham Mayor Randall Woodson? You did? He launched one year ago, Pardons for Progress. Pardons for Progress. And he granted pardons to anybody, I think in the last 20 years, that had a cannabis violation in the city of Birmingham, and decriminalize cannabis within the city limits of Birmingham. Now he did that a year ago. So a year ago when we had our event in Huntsville, after the event and I realized that they had released these statements, Chris England for the Democratic Party and Mayor Woodfin had released his statement about what was happening in the city limits of Birmingham. I got so excited and I thought, okay, We're getting a little bit of movement here. I have just learned just in the past two months that the Alabama legislature can be completely subverted. Like we have tried to get the Alabama legislature to work with us. Just anything. Okay, yeah, they passed the medical cannabis legislation. But that's not enough. And we've been trying to get them to work with us. And they're not willing to work with us. And I'm the kind of person that I'm not going to keep knocking my head up against a brick wall. When there's another avenue, I think you and I talked about this the first time that I met you. My mother taught me, if you come up against something that you can't get, get through, go over it, go under it, or go around it. Right. Okay, so we can't get the Alabama legislature to work with us to give the citizens of the state of Alabama the freedom and the liberty that they deserve to have because look at the number of other states in the United States that are free to purchase adult use, recreational, whatever you want to call it. So i found out that these mayors have executive power to pass decriminalization Legislation, and they may even be able to support legalization. I'm still really in the information gathering process, that but I is know that they can pass right, right? Okay. So hold on to your hold on to your earphones, Terry. So Mayor Wood can pass decrim. I see you holding on to them. <laughs> I'm doing so like Mayor you told Woodson me to. Pass the passed decrim. Guess who passed decriminalization legislation two weeks ago with an ordinance? Who? Roll Tide, the city of Tuscaloosa.
0: Roll Tide.
1: The chief of police in the city of Tuscaloosa said a month ago that he wanted to offer up an ordinance to the city council of the city of Tuscaloosa to decriminalize cannabis in the state I mean in the city of Tuscaloosa within the city limits and he did and they passed it so I started talking to a couple of other cannabis advocates and I said you know if we're going to do this we need to target Montgomery we need to target Mobile and we need to target Huntsville hit the big cities first and I said and we'll probably target Huntsville last because there's no way in hell, as conservative as Madison County is in the city of Huntsville, that the city of Huntsville is going to support decriminalization. Well, guess what happened on April the 20th of 2022, last Wednesday? What's that? City of Huntsville, city council members, city of Huntsville, city council members gathered together and started talking about decriminalization in the city of Huntsville. I kid you not. I kid you not, I mean, I just about, when that came across the internet and I saw that, I think it was on Thursday morning, the 21st, I just about had a stroke. So if the Alabama legislature does not want to work for the people, the citizens of the state of Alabama, that they are supposed to be representing, if they do not want to do that, we're going to find another way around it. And my name is Marty Shelper, and I'm the president and founder of the Alabama Cannabis Coalition, and I want them to remember who I am. I want them to look at my photograph online so they'll know who I am because I am a registered cannabis lobbyist in the state of Alabama, and I will be coming back in January of 2023. I'll be back. I'm not going anywhere, but I am changing my battle plan.
0: You're a hard lady to forget. I'm just telling you that right now as your friend. <laughs> ain't just, no, ain't, a, it, ain't no way anybody that knows you can forget you. Hey, I've said this for a while, and there again, I'll say it till I get until I'm blue in the face. If each person would actually do their research, find out where all of these candidates stand on each issue and, and quit goading and quit going to the voting booth ignorant, not knowing who's who who's what, and actually go in and vote for the person that stands on the principles that they do and hold their feet to the fire. Politicians are supposed to work for us, not the other way around. If they don't want to do like they've promised, you have the power to vote them out
1: but it goes back to people thinking that their vote doesn't count and their vote doesn't count. And the reason that people believe the myth that their vote doesn't count is because that is the propaganda that the politicians and everybody puts out there because they want people to think that their vote doesn't count, but your vote counts.
0: Mm-hmm. It does. You know, like I said, you've got to hold these people's feet to the fire and make sure that they hope that they are held accountable So the promises that they make and if they're not vote them out it's not that difficult it's not that difficult and another thing that's been pushed out there well my vote just don't count so i'm just not going to vote you're voting without voting if you're not if you're not
1: right exactly
0: if that person that's in office right now isn't doing the job that you think they are and when it comes past the primary and you've only got two options, that person or the person that's running against them, and you don't vote for the other person, you voted for the incumbent.
1: Right. Exactly. It's called an undervote. Yes. <laughs> if they cast if they cast a ballot at all and they don't vote for somebody, it's an undervote. So I think that's how that works. Don't quote me on that, but I, th- I think that's how that works. But yeah, it just, it drives me crazy, you know, and the, I know that I've, I've beat a dead horse with this, but I hear people say all the time, Terry, why doesn't somebody do something? This has got to change. Eventually it's going to change, but why doesn't somebody do something? Okay, well, I've been doing something in the state almost 11 years. I mean, I'm closing in on 11 years of cannabis advocacy in the state of Alabama. And when I started this, I was new to the state and I got a lot of flack from a lot of people who were supposedly cannabis advocates in the state of Alabama that are nowhere to be seen 11 years later, but I'm still here fighting. Okay, so I tell people when you say, why doesn't somebody do something? I have been doing something. And tell me a little bit about your cannabis advocacy, because you're somebody so tell me a little bit about what you're doing and then I can help you figure out how we can work together to you know make some change in the state of Alabama. But people say they're scared and I you know I, I, I hate to keep repeating myself you know they're scared or you know they they don't, they can't speak in public or if they send out an email you know to a legislator somebody's going to find out who they are and somebody's going to knock on their door and they're going to end up in jail and And I, you know, I would welcome, you know, having somebody feeding me three times a day, washing the sheets on my bed, you know, I mean, I'm tired. I'm tired of this. S-H-I-T is what I'm tired of.
0: Everybody always wants somebody else to do the fighting for them. And they don't want to stand in the gap and actually help people fight. No matter what, no matter what it is.
1: um, and I do want to say a lot of people, because we are grassroots, have asked me, why don't you start a 501c3? You know, why don't you start a 501c3? So back in March, we had a couple of people that came forward that were going to help us. And we created a money bomb and we raised the money for the fees. And I thought we were going in the direction of a 501c3 until I found out the following. Until I found out the following, we were going to register and we were going to be a uh, tax exempt, you know, people could make contributions and take it off of their taxes. Until I found out that when you become a 501c anything, you can't speak openly. You can give a candidate a nod that they have a certain uh, position, but you can't endorse them and when I realized that, I mean, the people that were involved in this were really trying to push me into making this organization that I founded a 501c3, and when I started finding out this information, I was like, to hell with that, you know, I've been working at this 11 years, and nobody is going to uh, plug me up, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not playing that game, you know, and I've paid for most of everything that has happened within this organization for the past not just this organization but my advocacy for the past 10 and a half years on my own dime you know at my own peril and uh to think that we almost became a 501c3 and so the government was going to be able to control what I said who I said it and how I said it that's not happening so and they were very disappointed. This these people that ended up, you know, I'm not even going to go any further than that. But they they were very disappointed, you know, that I put my heels down and said, "No, that's not the direction that we're going in." But you know, I'm I'm not apologizing for it.
0: Nor should you. I
1: haven't come this far. I haven't come this far for somebody to be able to. And there was going to be a board of directors, you know, and the. The board of directors could vote me in or off the board. And, you know, and I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. No, that that's not happening either. So if I have to do it by myself and just got a few tag alongs and, you know, that, that's the way it'll go. So I'm, I'm really hoping I kind of need a little bit of a sabbatical. I need to catch my breath. I need to be like Moses, not that I think that I'm anything like Moses, but I kind of need to go up on top of the mountain, and I really need to think about my strategy and how all of this is going to work moving into 2023. What can we do in the next, you know, eight or nine months to get these municipalities on board to pass some decriminalization? Because the way I feel about it is this. There are a certain number of states in the United States that have passed legalization and they pass medical legislation. And that really has put some pressure, some pressure, I'm gonna qualify that, that really has put some pressure on Washington, DC. So the way I feel about it is if those states are putting pressure on Washington, DC, the municipalities and the uh, counties in the state of Alabama, and we have 67 counties in the state of Alabama, But if we can get those municipalities to recognize that decriminalization is a good thing for the citizens in their municipalities, we can put pressure on the Alabama legislature to realize that they need to crap or get off the pot because the people are standing up and they're supporting decriminalization and they're ready for their representatives, their house reps or their state senators to at least support decriminalization. I'm a member of there's a couple of other cannabis advocacy groups that have just like kind of come out of the woodwork, you know, and they're paid lobbyists, you know, to move something forward in the state. And I was invited to participate in that. And it's been a little bit painful for me, Uh, but I'm I'm hanging in there like a hair on a biscuit. I'm hanging in there. (laughs) But one thing that they told me in the first meeting that we had two months ago was, It may be another three or four years before we have decriminalization in the state of Alabama. And I said, three or four years before we have decriminalization in the state of Alabama? Because, and I mean, I I said this out loud and it's recorded. If it's three or four years before we have decriminalization in the state of Alabama, y'all are going to be looking for me somewhere under a rock because I'm not going to still be here fighting. Because that's not the way I fight you know, this this has been going on for 85 years and you're talking about three or four more years before we can even have decriminalization, you know, slow your roll because that's not going to happen. Or I'm not going to be here fighting with you, you know. And I even said, you know, so y'all get paid. Y'all are paid lobbyists. I'm I'm a registered lobbyist here in the state, but I'm not paid because I'm fighting for the citizens of the state of Alabama. And most of these lobbyists are, If they were really, really honest with the members of their organizations, they are paid lobbyists for industry. And the way I feel about it is I want decriminalization to pass. I want people to be able to grow the citizens of the state of Alabama. I want them to have the right to grow just like if they were growing tomatoes or cucumbers or squash. They could take their product to the... uh, farmers market if they want to they can take it to the flea market if they want to and then after the citizens get that right then the industry can come in and then they can fight with the alabama legislature about all of this regulation and control and what i think is so crazy about cannabis advocates that support industry is they want all of this regulation and control and then they turn around and say nobody has ever died from cannabis now i know somebody that owns uh, a dispensary. I'm I'm a, I'm gonna hold that thought. I'm not even gonna go off on that tangent because if I do I'm probably not gonna be able to shut up. But I believe that the citizens have the right to grow and I think that the Alabama legislature better they better get ready. Not because of me. They just they just better get ready because when these municipalities and I'm gonna be working with them, you know, start passing this D And I'm not saying that I'm going to be responsible for that because it looks like they're already making a move to go in that direction, which, praise the Lord, you know, praise God that they're already moving in that direction. So it looks like it might be a soft target, you know. But uh, once that starts happening and people realize, you know, there's not crime in the streets, I mean, every 58 seconds, Terry, every 58 seconds in the United States of America, not just in the state of Alabama, a citizen is arrested for a cannabis violation every fifty-eight seconds. That's it,
0: why I brought up what I did right earlier Thomas about says, about the sheriff's. The fact they would as lose. As Dave the-
1: Thomas says, his hashtag, his hashtag is, "It's time, Alabama. It's time, Alabama." Yes, ma'am. And I'm very respectful when I'm when I'm in the people's house in Montgomery. I'm very, very respectful, you know, but I'm also going to be very, very honest with the citizens when I have an opportunity for my voice to be heard that it's time to stand up. United we stand, divided we fail. And if you're going to sit back and complain, you need to step aside and let somebody else fill your spot that's willing to stand up and speak the truth.
0: Well, it has been too long since your voice has been heard on the porch, and I'm so glad that you came back. Can you please tell the people how they can find you, how they can support you, how they can get in touch with you about their city or their town, trying to get it decriminalized in there?
1: Thank you so much for asking. And I do want to say if people are within the sound of my voice and they hear rumblings going on in their municipalities, that there's some kind of decriminalization, or any kind of discussion with their city council members regarding the topic of cannabis, please reach out to me. My email address is very easy. Email me at alabamacannabiscoalition@gmail.com, at gmail.com, or they can find us on our website at alabamacannabiscoalition.org. Alabama cannabis And that website is going to take you directly to our Facebook social media platform, but you can go out there and join us, uh, in, uh, since the 1st of January, we have gained 6,000 members.
0: That's awesome. In
1: one year we've gotten 8,000 in this group. So if you're out there within the sound of my voice, it doesn't matter if you live in New Zealand, it doesn't matter if you live in the UK, it doesn't matter where you live. We have people around the world that have joined our organization because they want to know what's going on in the state of Alabama. They want to know what's going on in the United States as far as cannabis advocacy, because other countries, people don't realize this, we're not only prohibited by our government to not grow cannabis since August 2nd of 1937. But all of the countries that are involved in the United Nations, the UN, who I despise, these countries have signed treaties with the United Nations to not grow cannabis in their countries. So we're not only fighting in Washington, D.C., we're having to fight the United Nations, and most people do not realize that. But if you're within the sound of my voice and you want to help in the state of Alabama and you want to participate in something that's exciting, that we hope is just really getting ready to take jump, grow by leaps and bounds, get in touch with the Alabama Cannabis Coalition. And my name is Marty Shelper. And uh, I field messages every day from people that are wanting to know about medical cannabis. And the Alabama Cannabis Coalition is really not focused on the medical cannabis. I mean, we, we worked very, very hard to get that legislation passed. There are other organizations out there in the state because that medical cannabis legislation, because it's not what we needed, is going to have to be amended year after year after year after year. And I always believe that if we end tax regulating control of the product cannabis, we don't need medical cannabis legislation. we'll help you find somebody that can fill you in on the gaps for medical cannabis. If that's your, you know, if that's your concern.
0: Marty, I love you. I thank you for being a friend of the show. I thank you for coming on to the show and any way I can help you, you let me know.
1: I love you too. Just remember United, we stand divided. We fail on all issues and stay tuned.
0: Big thanks to Marty Shelper from the Alabama Cannabis Coalition for coming back on the porch. If you are interested in learning more or want to know how to join the fight, go to alabamacannabiscoalition.org. If you are new to the show and like what you hear, hit that like, subscribe, or follow button and download the episodes in our archives. If this show has been a positive addition to your life, please rate the show and leave a review. Won't take you but a minute and it really would help the show. Find us on social media by typing Porch Matters Podcast into the search bar. Word of mouth is still the best way of sharing. Pick your favorite episode and share it with at least one person this week. There are a lot of people out there that have never heard of a podcast before. I sure would appreciate it. And I'll see you next time, right here on Porch Matters.